Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner back once again with you. Just want to say thanks to everybody for the support on the first episode of the podcast. It was a lot of fun to see everybody uh, enjoy the first episode. And that's what you're going to get here on a daily basis. We talked yesterday about the number one overall pick. Today, we focus on the number two overall pick. Jamie, before we dive into any of that, my question for you, how much more dollars have you put on the odds of who's going to go first, second, third, fourth, whatever you've got in terms of NFL draft props, how much more money has been doled out since we recorded the show yesterday? So I'm just like doing the one, two, carry the one, yep. zero. Wow. That's uh, 24 hours without I, you placing a bet? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I just, I thought you talked, you said for not the number one overall pick. Oh, so you've been placing bets everywhere, everywhere else. So, yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, and we'll talk about this today, but it, it's tough to bet these number two, number three overall markets. And right now they're really only available at a couple books for obvious reasons, because you kind of have to predict two picks correctly to get this. And they're, you got to know who's going number one, and then you can figure out who's going number two. Exactly. So these are really interesting markets, particularly when where there is, as we talked about, if you, by the way, if you have not listened to the Monday episode, I strongly suggest you do. What are you, what doing, are you doing? doing? What are you doing listening to the Tuesday episode of the show if you haven't listened to the Monday episode of the show? Yeah. Why do you want to know about the number two pick right, before go you in order. To about the number one pick? But that sets the table for the conversation we're going to have here today. And uh, we're also very fortunate that on Monday morning, we got a little interesting report. That adds a little bit more intrigue to this conversation that we're about to have, Chris. But uh, I'll kind of throw this to you because if there's if those of you that are in TDN Premium Discord, or and I'm sure this is probably come up on TDN Daily as well at some point, if there's one thing you've been rallying for for the Houston Texans this offseason, it's that oh. you're not forced to take a quarter. I- don't worry, I've done probably three different monologues in the last two weeks on TDN Daily about this specific topic, that there is no reason why you need to take a quarterback with the number two overall pick. Oh, yeah, we've done this at length at nauseum. I think the listeners are probably tired of me hearing it hearing it from me at this point. Yeah, and, and so there was a report from Peter King, you know, t- discussing the possibility of the Texans sticking it to not taking a quarterback, taking a defensive player like, like Will Anderson, who we'll get into. Can we talk about the report we'll ta- real quick? Sure, go for it. Because it was... I, I, Listen, you know me. I'm very much firm. And by the way, good corporate synergy on having the same hat. I know. It's very good job by us. We did not talk about that in the pre-show. Um, I have been firmly entrenched in the camp of the Houston Texans should not take a quarterback in the 2023 NFL draft. Peter's logic, I, I didn't really love. Like, he, yeah. he didn't get he didn't get there the way I wanted to, the way that I've been getting there. He was just kind of like, well, they could just, you know, take a, a defensive player and maybe the GM won't take it. Like, he didn't have the, like, they have all these picks and they've got two first next year and the roster. Like, he didn't go into the things that are actually tangible proof that would lead you to believe that they shouldn't take a quarterback. He was just kind of throwing his hands up and he's like, well, they could. They, they could just not do a lot of things. But, right. you know, he didn't have the same conviction right. in the reasoning that you've had all along. And I think that's, that's a good launching off point to get into this because – 
you know, as we talked about yesterday, obviously quarterbacks are, are dominating the conversation and they continue to dominate the conversation here because the, the odds on favorite right now uh, at both DraftKings and FanDuel to be the number two overall pick is Bryce Young. And that, by the way, that actually, unlike yesterday's show, aligns with some information that we've heard. Um, you know, coming out of Indianapolis, it, it seemed very clear that the Houston Texans liked, were targeting, and were very hopeful to get Bryce Young. Now, if Bryce Young goes number one, does that change their mind on the position? Does that change their mind about sticking and picking? Does that change their mind about who their number two is? So that that becomes really an interesting conversation for me. But uh, this is partly why I have not put any money on this market, Chris, is because the information that I've – I most recent information I have leans heavily towards the Texans really, really liking Bryce Young and uh, – Given what we just talked about of you have to guess the first pick right to guess the second pick right, minus 220 is not enough to entice me to, to bet on Bryce Young. Yeah, to, to just continue the conversation that we were having, the point that Peter King makes in his story, and we'll talk about the quarterbacks and we'll talk about if there are any any other players that we think could make sense. But the, the big thing that Peter talks about in his story is uh, that they could potentially take Will Anderson at two and take the quarterback yep. they want by trading back up. And it's that's where the logic that's that's it's where you so lose much me. easier said than done. But but that's where the logic you just lose me. It's like they just take the quarterback at two and then trade up for the other guy you want. It's yeah, so much or, easier or, to do it the other way. Like why complicate it? Why increase your risk for ver- for no benefit whatsoever? There's no benefit in doing it that way. Trade up from twelve now, right? Do you know what I mean? Like you're not. The thing is, you don't gamble with that quarterback position of I'm going to take Will Anderson and then I hope the guy that I like at quarterback falls. Just you cr- don't do that. This is what this is what crossed. it looks like in the war room. Fingers crossed. Oh, we we hope we hope Bryce Young makes it to 12. Like you don't do if you like Bryce like, Young, you, you don't, don't do that. that. And you don't try and you don't do that and then wait to try to trade back up on draft night when you have when you're on the literally when there there's a timer, you are figuratively and literally right. on the clock and have to make this decision. If if you want to do that then trade now. Call ask Arizona what they would want twelve and what, mm-hmm. you know, to 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 move up and and pick back to back there to do this do the uh, the Vancouver Sedins thing where you pick two and three, uh, you know, in the draft and and you get your your two guys. But I I don't see that happening. Um, I I think they're now if they don't have Bryce Young, which again we talked about the uncertainty around the the number one spot. Bryce Young's not on the board. I ha- I don't have a good read on what their pivot is. My mind says the easy pivot for them would be C.J. Stroud because I think the pivot, despite the size, the pivot and the ways that you win from Bryce Young to C.J. Stroud is less drastic than the pivot from Bryce Young to Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. But if Bryce is their guy and they're like, yeah, well, if we don't get him, then we're not going to rush it, then yeah, then Will Anderson becomes into play. And you know, right now, Will Anderson's 21 to 1 to be the pick at number two overall. So if, 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 you, if you're like Chris or you buy into these reports or you're convinced Bryce Young goes one, there, you know, that there's a, there's a low dollar bet that you can make that can make you very happy. But I just don't see it happening. I think they're taking a quarterback there. Whether they should or not, I know, Chris, we know your opinion on it. I will not get you to rant on this part again. But uh, I, uh, man, I, I don't see him passing on quarterback. All right, Jamie, let's dive into this. 
because you're right. I, I don't think the people need to hear me go on the rant about the Houston Texans and why they shouldn't take a quarterback and why they should do 50,000 other things in that regard. So let's start with these odds. How do you want to do this? Do you want to do this similarly to the way we did it yesterday? Go one by one and, and, and see where their, their odds are. With Here's here's what I'll ask you. C.J. Stroud, the favorite to go number one. So clearly he's not going to be the favorite to go number two. And that probably makes the odds a little bit weirder the less players you remove from the pool. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, Bryce Young is right now minus 220 uh, to minus 240, depending on which book you use. CJ Stroud, same deal, is next up at plus 220 to 240. And then everybody else is pretty much considered a long shot. You've got Anthony Richardson at 16 to 1. Will Anderson, as I mentioned, 21 to 1. Will Levis at 21 to 1. Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter at 100 to 1. Um, I, I actually, again, unlike what we talked about on Monday's show, think this is more reflective of reality uh, and of what's most likely to happen. I think if Bryce Young is on the board at two, he will be the pick. If Bryce Young is not on the board at two, CJ Stroud seems like the most logical follow-up with, you know, an unlikely chance that Will Anderson uh, is the guy that could, could sneak in there, at least as the top guy in the top option of the defensive players. So, I actually don't have a problem with these odds, which is a stark contrast from our conversation yesterday. But I also don't think there's really a lot of betting value here right now. And, and I think this is one where you you want to sit back and wait on this particular market until you have an opportunity to kind of see if there's a little bit more clarity at number one, because you just aren't getting great odds here like you're not getting that great opportunity like we talked about for anthony richardson yesterday where you know he he had a 10 to 1 opportunity or or will levis 33 to 50 to 1 opportunity you don't really have that here because i feel it's more likely that richardson or even levis go one than i think anderson goes two at the 21 to 1 odds so this is a market that i'm going to sit back and wait on a little bit it's uh it's not as fun as the number one pick market uh, I think there are some plays we'll talk about on tomorrow's show for the number three market that becomes really interesting because maybe there's quarterbacks in the equation. You, you're making a you're making a more educated gamble on a position than you are a specific player. And we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show here. I, I think these are about right. And I will say we are fully in the heat of silly season. Of smoke oh, yeah. screens, of we got teams coming out of the woodwork that are now rumored to be linked to the number three pick, and I don't want to do tomorrow's show ahead of doing tomorrow's show, but there it's just there it the calendar turned to April and everybody went ah yes it's that time let's start leaking all of the things that we don't want to do well let's make people think uh -huh. that that's what we want to do and that is it is like clockwork the calendar has turned to April and those doors have opened. So let me ask you this, Chris, because, again, we don't want to do tomorrow's show today. But I would make it today's show. I feel like we're going to do it, though, but that's all right. No, I, I want to put it from this angle because, Chris, in your master plan for the oh, Texans, okay. and I can't remember this off the top of my head, but in your master plan, is it stick and pick? at two and take Will Anderson or is it trade back and get more picks this year and next? Yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to announce my platform of what I'd like the Houston Texans to do. Sure. Um, it's also political season apparently. So I, I am I'm very interested in doing whatever's in the best interest for the Houston Texans and so because well, of where well, I... Talk about political season. <laughs> I'm interested in doing what's best for the... No, no. I, I expect you to do what was for the worst. So where I'm at in my life cycle... You didn't let me finish. You, you just cut me off in the middle of my opening statement. 
All right, go ahead. It, it really is political uh, season, interrupting people's opening statements. Uh, so we, I would like to do what is in the best interest of the Houston Texans. And because of where I am at as a team and where I have so many needs to fill, both options should carry the same weight. Right, The option of staying and picking should be a 50% option, and trading the pick should be a 50% option. You know how sometimes we talk about how a team should probably trade out of the pick. It would be a better option for them. We would say that's more of a 70-30 trade or stick. To me, this is a true right down the middle. If you can get a amazing offer that gives you even more draft capital than you already have. By the way, the Houston Texans are picking 12 times in the 2023 NFL Draft. 12, including five top seven. 75 picks. So they the cupboard is very well stocked in terms of draft capital, but if you can increase that for not only this year but next year, you should absolutely uh that should carry the same amount of weight than somebody in the room campaigning for Will Anderson to be the pick. And I'm not trying to play down the middle. I'm I'm legitimately saying that both options in my mind should carry the same weight because I think they both can be helpful. Will Anderson can be helpful. More draft picks not only this year but next year can also be This is one of the worst rosters in the league right now. Listeners, I want you to understand what just happened right now. So I asked Chris to make a call, and in very political fashion, he went on for about 90 seconds to two minutes and said absolutely nothing and didn't give me the answer. So, Chris, are you trading back or not? Yes or no? This is not – I don't want to hear your 50-50. I would trade back. You have to make a call. I would trade out of the spot. Okay. So thank you because that's actually – we didn't talk about this before the show, but that's actually what I wanted you to say because it's going to lead me to my next point, which quite frankly we could have got to five minutes ago if you didn't go on your political soliloquy there. What, 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 are we, what if we start talking about the teams that are linked to the Cardinals at three, and why not link them to Houston at two? Right, you, like, o- you open the door of a Tennessee. They're the team that's been rumored mm-hmm. very uh, uh, hot and heavy this morning, or I guess yesterday morning. Uh, the Raiders have been rumored to now all of a sudden be kicking the tires on a potential uh, a trade-up. And I got to tell you, Jamie, I, I'll ask this question somewhat rhetorically, but I would love for you to answer. I don't think there would be that much of a price difference to go up to three than there would be to go to two in either of these spots, right? Is Are the yeah. Texans going to ask for a lot more than the Cardinals would ask for three of the Raiders? Would they ask more of the Titans? I really don't think so. Whatever the Cardinals are asking, Houston might ask for a little bit more, but it won't be massive. Well, and based on, if again, another thing from yesterday to carry over for today, if the information we got in combine was right that the Cardinals weren't asking were asking about the same prices of cost to go up to the number one pick. Right, so uh, like Carolina made that move. Just move up to two um, then, right? I mean but, but but logically, Chris, I sit back and think of like we're talking about teams moving up to three. I imagine they're moving up to three for a quarterback, because it would be very weird if they weren't. I feel like you have a much better chance of getting the quarterback you want if you're only one players off the board versus two. Not wouldn't, a math major, but that 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 checks out to me. Wouldn't you hate uh, wouldn't you hate this scenario to play out? You're the Tennessee Titans. You pick up the phone. You call the Arizona Cardinals. You got a great your your front office has a great relationship with the brand new front office has been instilled in Arizona with Monty Austin Ford. So you got a pretty good base. You know how they operate. They know how you operate. Should be pretty quick to put together the framework of a deal if this is something that you want to do. Again, I think this is just people connecting dots that don't really exist. But let's play in the sandbox for just a second. You make a trade. Uh, you're the Tennessee Titans, Jamie. You've now made a trade. You're now picking third overall. Yep. On draft night, the Houston Texans go, yeah, you know what? Maybe we will entertain the idea of kicking our feet back and getting some more picks. Now, all of a sudden, the Las Vegas Raiders are on the phone, and they're calling up to number two. You're the Tennessee Titans. You find yourself in a terrible spot. You then become the San Francisco 49ers a couple of years ago when you're left at picking number three, and you have to pick Trey Lance. 
That's the situation you could find yourself in. By the way, I mean, shout out to like the entire AFC South for trying to like pick it in the top four together. That'd so be, right now, Indy, really Indy would be picking four. Uh, Houston's picking two. Imagine, imagine saying to somebody <laughs> that the, there would be three teams picking inside the top four in the AFC South, and it wouldn't be Jacksonville. Has there ever been a division with three where all the starting quarterbacks were top four picks? Has there ever? I, I don't expect you to know that answer. As the producer I, I of the but. show, allow me to uh, attempt to try to figure that out. I don't, I, I, there's no way what, you're going to pull. What that am up I typing into answer. Google to find that? You want to give me at least a launching point here? Uh, how many top? I, 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 the answer is I'm assuming no. You mean in, just, from the same class or just in general? Well, no, just in general. They were all top four picks in the draft. Because in this case, obviously, you have Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one pick, and then you would have two, three, four in this type of that. That's not point. That's not, not what people want. But yeah, and, and I think this creates a really interesting dynamic because, again, if Houston wants to take a quarterback, they're going to take their quarterback. But if not, the better chance of you getting the guy you want is going up to two. And then the question is going to be is, will Houston play ball with somebody in their division? Because I, you think about the teams that are most likely to trade up, two of those teams are in their division. Mm-hmm. Scaring Indy to go up from four to two. Sc- trying to get Tennessee to go up from 11 to two. Are you willing to not only, and again, we could talk about what you should do, but we know for the most part that this inner division thing is a real thing for most, unless you're the Viking. Well, I, I will say again, doing the show before the show, but this is a, a similar thing that the Cardinals might find themselves in. If Seattle wants to hop Indy and that's an actual yeah. legitimate, let's hop it's a more team likely. that let's yeah. hop a team that we know is interested in the quarterback market. Do you make that deal? If you're the Cardinals and Houston would have to entertain that same idea. If the Colts call, what do you do? What do you what do you actually do in this spot? Do you even consider yeah. the idea of trading in the division a pick that could be a franchise quarterback that could come back to bite you and haunt you for a decade plus? Is that a roll of the dice that you're willing to take? Yeah. And especially because you're passing on that quarterback yourself. Now, now if, if let's say if, if like right now, like Jacksonville had the number two pick, then you're like, okay, we got our quarterback at least. So it's at least more palatable. But Houston doesn't have their guy yet. And if that, I, again, whether it should or not, whether it's good general managing or not to take the, to not take the best deal if it's offered to you is a whole different conversation. But these are human beings that are dealing with human beings that are criticizing them. Yeah, and I if think you don't think if that if a Tennessee or an Indianapolis trades for that number two pick and they hit on that quarterback, that that will not be a major, major black mark on the record. Uh, of the, of the entire Texans regime for making this choice. Can I go cross sport on you real quick here? I know we love to yeah. do that here on the show. I'm mu- I'm much more tolerable to an interdivision trade in baseball because yes, I'm going to see that team now 13 times a year. I'm going to play 140 plus other games against other teams. Yeah. In football, I'm going to play that team twice in a 17 game se- season. The sample size is so much greater for those games to directly come back to haunt me when it's two games in a division where I've only got 17 shots at this, right? And so that yeah. I, I can understand being more skeptical of doing an interdivision trade in the NFL. I'll give you two examples where I'd be okay with it. The Jacksonville example you laid out was a great one. If I've already got my quarterback, yeah, have fun. Go ahead. You want to yeah. trade up and give us a King's Ransom? We believe in our team, right? We believe in our quarterback. We believe we've got that position right. I'll give you another example. If I'm a brand new head coach GM combo and I've got a little bit of a runway here and I know I'm building something, yeah, year one, go ahead. 
I, that's fine because I've got I've got room to I'm building something I'm gonna take the quarterback when it's right for us I'm not really directly competing with you right now I I I have a, a I have wiggle room to maybe fail a little bit and I'll be able to recover from that move where if you're an experienced general manager and maybe you're on the hot seat a little bit and you're gonna now directly help your division rival get a quarterback that could haunt you that's tough when maybe somebody's already got you out the door right if the roles were reversed and Chris Ballard was in this situation zero chance he would entertain oh, sure. the Texans trading to the number two spot. But the Chris Ballard example is really interesting. And again, there's there's really, I want to make clear, there's no talk right now of, of the Colts trading out the two, but we're talking about the hypothetical option if this were to go down. That's the one where it gets interesting because you, you don't want to help them, but you got a GM and an ownership group that's desperate. And if you want a chance to quote-unquote fleece somebody and also, again, not move back very far, that's your best shot. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. But again, I will say this again. I ultimately I expect Houston to stay at two. I expect them to pick Bryce Young if he's there. That that is what I expect to happen right now here on on April fourth. So if Bryce Young is not there, if Bryce Young is the number one pick to the Carolina Panthers, which I, if I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but as of the show yesterday, you believe that that's a more likely outcome than C.J. Stroud being the number one overall I do. pick. I do. What does Houston do at that point? What do you think Houston does at that point? Would that that, be the scenario that opens the can of worms that we've been discussing for the last 10 minutes or so? See, it it could. I think this is the part where I have an information gap because I feel confident in being told that Bryce Young was their QB1, but I don't know who their QB2 is, and I don't know how much of a gap there is between one and two. I do think it would open the door for for the conversation on draft night I do think at that point, if if that if that guy is gone, if Bryce Young is gone, and he indeed is still your QB one at the end of April, that he was when we left the combine in Indianapolis, I at least answer the phone, I listen, and I go, okay, now I'm a little bit more intrigued. I'm a little bit more likely to want to trade back at that spot. But I understanding that I'm trading back and I'm trading out of the QB race. I get assuming it's not you know you're not trading back to four. Like if I'm if Tennessee's calling me, if Detroit's calling me, if the Raiders are calling me, if anybody else is calling me, I have to assume I'm trading out of the quarterback for this class. I just and I'm going to take, you know, my picket, whatever it is, six, seven, eleven, and then also in twelve, and just start to re- start to build my roster elsewhere. I just sit here, and I and and like you just you just talked, and like in my head I was like, just pick Will Anderson at two. Pick a wide receiver at 12. Take – what do they pick? 34, 30, whatever they – 33, whatever it is. Take that. I think technically 33 pack, because of the four. Package pick, another pick. Move back into the first round. Take Hendon Hooker. You got a first-round quarterback. You got two pieces to build around. Uh, no harm, no foul. Or you just take Hooker at 34. Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, if, I don't necessarily think Hooker's wor- going in the – If yeah. you're worried, if you are worried, if the buzz inside the league is a little bit more – because I, I agree. I think it would be extremely – risky to take a guy that old coming off of that injury in the first round, right? I just don't see it. But if you're worried about it, you've got you've got a treasure trove of draft picks to be able to do this. Yes. Now you have to two things have to be true. One, you have to believe in Hendon Hooker. You have to love him to a point where you're willing to do this. And two, you have to be willing to give up the draft capital. But this is extremely possible to stay at two twelve and get a quarterback. Extremely yeah, possible. It's just, the question is is where do they have these guys ranked? Because to me, it's it's not like quarterbacks are not like other positions. What if they trade and from two, I, I, what if they trade from two to four? P- still pick Will, 
pick a receiver at at 12, then use the picks that they got from Indy to trade back yeah, in the mean, first round for Hannon Oker. They could look, make out with a king's ransom here. The reality of the situation is about 90% of the league could benefit from trading back from their spot. It's just you got to find a dance partner for But them. Houston's the perfect they, – they, they are in the perfect spot to find a dance they partner. They could, but it, the, to me, it's a better – it's an easier decision if you are out on the quarterbacks. Like, to me, if it's – or if it's like in this case where, like, Bryce Young is your clear guy, he goes to Carolina, and like, okay, well, the other guys are fine, but those aren't our guys. Then it becomes a lot easier to make this decision. It's harder to make that decision if the, the QBU1 is on the board at two and to say, we're not ready. Because I don't think they'll make that decision. So they're, they're, they're going to have to have their guy gone or somebody's going to have to offer them something that is just unbelievably unrefusable. Do we have, an, get there. Do we have an example of recent memory of a team doing that? Be, being in a position where the guy that they like is there, but they say, no, we're not ready. It's just never happened, right? I, I can't think of an example where it happened. It's tough to know because they'll never say that's their right. guy. They'll never, they'll never admit, they'll never admit, yeah, we like that guy, but we passed on him, right? They'll, they'll never, they'll never not, do that. Not at that position. But to but to me, like if Bryce is if if, if there's a tear break, if it's Bryce tear break, uh, we we have the other guys together, right? Which I think is a very yeah. realistic possibility for a team to, to stack it that way. And Bryce goes number one. Truly, Jamie, what is the difference for the Houston Texans waiting a year to take a quarterback? You're gonna no, for, I, you're gonna force it. No, I'm not, I'm not saying you just look, we're no, having I this conversation. You. You're gonna force no, it think, to just take a guy because you're picking two. And where's that gonna get you? You're still not gonna be good in 2023. You're gonna have to do even more work in 2024 to build the roster. Just do the inverse. Just do it reverse. Give yourself a, a bunch of picks this year to to get a bunch of good players. Then reevaluate a, a draft class that everybody feels is gonna be better. Now it might not. Yeah. These things we've got a full year before true. we get there, but. There appears to be a better class uh, ahead, and 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 I know everyone's like, but but Chris, they might not be picking number two again next year. Guess what? They've got two first round picks next year. So if they can get all these picks right this year, and they put together a great class to go with the players that they already do have, and then they can afford to take the two first and move up to get their guy because they'll be in a better position to be ready for a quarterback. Yeah, and if somebody falls, they can move back from twelve. And, and try to gain another pick next year as well. I mean, so it, it's all of those possibilities for them are really, really intriguing, I think. Uh, I We'll see what happens. But uh, look, I I know you're on the it's not time to take a quarterback train, and I agree with you. I convince I myself more and more every day. Every day I, I convince myself further. Train. I, know. I don't think they're on that train. But I look, I, I would be listening, and I think it becomes really interesting as well is if the, the Cardinals trade that pick ahead of time. Because then it opens up some, like, let's say that, that let's just let's just play the hypothetical out to kind of end this conversation of like, let's say Tennessee moves up to three, okay? We know they're not moving up for a defensive player. And Bryce Young then goes at one, and, and let's, let's say that's the caveat that that was your guy. Now it's a little bit easier to do that two-four swap because you still know you're going to get Will Anderson versus if Arizona is still sitting there. You're a little three, worried. You're a little worried. On draft night, knowing if they don't trade the pick that they're going to take Will Anderson, you now know you're going to have to pivot to the, again, just like you had to pivot away from your QB one because he's off the board of one. You're not going to have to pivot away from your number one defensive player too, which I think it makes it a little bit harder to stomach that quick flip that we talked about. And then you either have to decide, am I all the way out on these quarterbacks or am I not? So all really intriguing things are going to happen here over the next three and a half weeks or so. So you've probably said this at some point, but I've been so locked into discussing this Houston Texans thing that I don't remember the exact order. How do the books have it right now 
uh, in the aggregate, yeah. uh, the odds that a player will go number two overall. Yeah, it, it's Bryce one, CJ two, Gap, Anthony Richardson, uh, and Will Anderson. I'm so, not, I'm surprised that Will Anderson is not three on that list because to me, disagree. If you disagree, we can have this conversation. I think it'd be very enlightening. To me, it would it. I would be shocked if a team had three quarterbacks in this class, or I should say more than two quarterbacks in this class grouped closely together in terms of a grade to where they would be comfortable. If if CJ goes and, or Bryce goes and we don't like Bryce and, you know, we're not really, we're meant on CJ. Like, are they going to have CJ and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis all grouped close together? And they'll be like, ah, right, we'll just take, like, that feels like a stretch. To it's me. tough because, like you said earlier, it, it's, they're different players. Like, the pivot from Bryce to CJ makes more sense than the pivot from Bryce to A. Rich or Will Levis. Right. So, you if, know what I mean? if like, Bryce goes, stylistically. It, it feels like the if your pivot would be CJ. And if you don't like CJ, then your pivot is Will Anderson. Like that to me is the trajectory that it would go yeah. down. Yeah, I, I think they're just guarding against quarterbacks there. Quarterback odds always change up, but I, I agree with you. I think if, if you're not going to bet on the top two guys, you, you take you know Anderson at twenty-one to one right now. Again, you want to throw five bucks on something. I think that's absolutely worthwhile. But I just I don't really love the number two overall pick market in general right now. Um, last year got really interesting on draft week because there were a lot of rumblings about. You know, obviously, whether, you know, would, would Trevon go one, blah, blah, blah. But then there was a lot of conversation about Aiden Hutchinson versus Kayvon Thibodeau uh, in that spot versus Malik Willis for a half second, if you remember. Um, there was Malik Willis. Well, it's, it's, it's I mean, laughable Dan, now. That was, Dan, that was Dan Campbell saying stuff at the Senior Bowl sidelines, that, that yeah. guy that put us in that in that headspace. But yeah, I mean, yeah. there was discourse all over the place of what they were going to do with number two. And it was weird because you looked at the top two teams and they were both in a situation where we thought they weren't going to go quarterback. And so they were looking at the same position group at that point. And so it was going yeah. to be directly, if Aiden went one, then it could, it's who knows it too. Right. And so that's why those yeah. odds were all over the place in the lead up uh, to the 2022 NFL draft. How would you have it stacked? You, you, you're putting these, these odds together again, you disagreed with the odds for the number one overall pick. You like these ones yep. a little bit better, but how would you stack it up? Yeah, I'm mostly the same on where they have them. But I, I Bryce and CJ one two in that order. I, I'm with you. I'd go Anderson three, uh, Richardson four, and then I, I guess Tyree Wilson five. Wow, so you wouldn't have you would have Levis outside the top five. I just don't think somebody's trading up to two for Levis. You don't think somebody's trading up to two for Levis? Okay, because I, I think that the think the team that was most that would have been most interested in doing that is has a number one pick. You know what I mean? Like I I just think you know what I mean. So. I guess it's possible the Colts because I, th I thought the, the two teams that I, I've just been believed and I've heard that were most in on Levis of the group were Carolina and Indianapolis. So I guess it's possible well, with that Indianapolis, but then you're pigeonholing yourself into a very specific one team trade there. Like, I don't I don't I don't think the Titans like Will Levis uh, from what I've heard. Uh, I don't think the Raiders like Will Levis. And those are your other two candidates, be, right? Unless so those are the Seattle other two most Detroit logical candidates. So as we start to put this in, into different equations, like if you want to put them five, that's fine, five versus six. But uh, I, re I really think this is a three-person race, and, and it's either Bryce, CJ, or Will Anderson. 
That's the chaos and craziness of the number two overall pick and where the odds stand. If you thought today's exercise of going down the different rabbit holes of what this could look like is fun, just wait till tomorrow's show when we discuss oh the third overall pick in which the world the world could be the Arizona Cardinals oyster. It's just what they make of it, what they choose to do with the number three overall pick. And we're all going to talk about the odds, but I think tomorrow, Jamie, there's a great conversation to be had. Uh, in the question you asked me, should it be Will Anderson or should they absolutely do what they need? to do to trade the pick like there's a legitimate actual football conversation that could be had there and it can get into some of the team building aspects of where the cardinals are at in their life cycle so looking forward uh to to for everybody to listen to that show uh tomorrow the uh podcast feed uh logo and and title should all be updated now so if you're searching for the podcast you're going to tell friends about the podcast just tell them to search the prospects and props podcast you'll see the logo it's neon green you can't miss that thing can't miss Uh, it can't miss it when you see it uh in the uh in whatever podcast app uh uh, you use to uh, to listen to your podcast. So we appreciate rating, reviewing, subscribing, following along. Uh, you've got the video version on the YouTube feed as well. So check that out uh, so you can see us have these conversations as well. So appreciate everybody making this show a part of your day. The first two picks in the books, we continue on our last look at the top odds uh, for the 2023 NFL Draft. We look at the number three overall pick tomorrow. Hope everybody has a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you then. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.